Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nico, Nick Sutherland from MindFit. And we have Nick, our first return guest today. We do. Is it a, it's it's from, the first return guest. Returned yeah. from the abyss. He has a hero's journey. Mm. We have Shane <laughs> Kelton from Power, Strength and Vulnerability. Shane, how are you, mate? Good, thanks. I'm also now from MindFit as well. So. I know. Like, let's uh, fill everyone in. Like, last time you came on the show and you were telling everyone about your story with what you had been through and all that kind of jazz, and that was actually the introduction. I feel like a matchmaker. I feel like Cupid. But I, uh, you, yeah. and, you and Nick are... Uh, intro- First time you met each other on that last show, so tell us a bit what's happening now, because now you're, you're working for old Nico. Um, a lot. Well, it's happened, as Nick would say, it's happened pretty organically. We caught up for coffee. <laughs> oh, that does sound like Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, caught up for coffee and chatted, and then I yeah had the discovery session to learn what he was about, and, um, yeah, we sort of just went from there. Oh, beautiful. It's so you like said, a true love, love story. It does, doesn't it? It all starts with that coffee down in Mornington. He gets you. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously there was a connection on that podcast and, and, and yeah, we called up just because I you know, thought he'd be a good bloke and he was. And then, yeah, he wanted to learn more about what MindFit was doing. So I had the discovery session and then it re- really resonated with him. And, and so he jumped into a 12-week program and, and then he's... Um, He's, he's switched into a 12-month program because uh, he was doing really well and getting a lot out of it. And so we're sort of compartmentalised. He, he's, he's coming in for an hour a week as a client, um, and but he's also spending a couple of days a week here. Yeah, just I'm, I'm mentoring him. He's, he's sitting in on some sessions. He's learning. He's doing the, the working in the business but working on the business, more on the business uh, at the moment, he's got to go and do some more study. Um, but very, very exciting and very interesting for the both of us. I think we're going to talk about change today. And uh, I was chatting with my girlfriend Emma the other day, and I said to her, "I think I know how you feel about um, in our relationship." She it took her a while to surrender to to the fact that we were together because she's a single mum, had to do it all on her own, be on her own, raise these two kids, be the provider all that sort of stuff and obviously I've had my business for 13 years and it's always just been me so having someone else come in it's changed the dynamic and it's a different energy and it's not just me on my own time anymore it's it's um yeah so I just came into that understanding the other day and and I think for Shane it's it's been a lot of change as well which we sort of try and discuss in a proactive way don't we mate yeah, we do. We talk most days about, I guess, the adjustments we're both making um, and the understandings we're both coming to about those changes. Um, yeah, we're both very uncomfortable at times. And, um, yeah, we sit down and communicate them in a healthy manner. So um, we resolve any issues or anything that sort of comes to light pretty quickly. And I'm learning, uh, I actually probably yesterday just needed to sleep because the amount of information I'm learning and... <laughs> Um, loving learning but it's yeah I'm really fortunate to be in a position where 
not just le- I've learnt a lot of you, Ryan, but now learning a lot of Nick as well. And um, I'm so grateful for being in this position, really. Yeah, and I mean, you've put yourself in that position, mate. And it sounds like it's all happened totally. pretty organically, Nick. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really organic process. You know, it's just it's been it's been very flow, not force. It's uh, that's not really an, that's not really an idiom to use because that makes sense, doesn't it? So if it happens organically, it's like nature's taking its course. You know, we're not you're not trying to force it to grow with uh, you know keep the bugs away with pesticides or you know pump hormones into the food. It's just it's organically happening as nature would intend. Exactly. It's just letting go and allowing it to pop up. But, you know, there is more than one way to skin a cat. So, um, yeah, we, we could have gone into forcing it and demanding it happen and make it really rigid and structured, but we haven't. We've, we've left it organic. And, you know, f- for me personally and in business, that's that works for me and it's been the most effective way. I know other companies or organisations have lots of systems and structures in place and blah, 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 and that works for them. So, uh, yeah, there is more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, there is. Before we get to that idiom, um, beautifully segued again, Nick. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we, we were kind of the same at the, at the centre. We, like, uh, there was no you know, rigid system or structure around interview processes and that kind of thing. Like we just used uh, feel a lot at the end of the mm. day. We're like, you know, um, and, and you know, all the, the the staff and everything that we had, you know, no one ever left, which is which is well, great. You know, it's a great use. And we had, they were a f- fantastic fit. And it was like, it's, it's there was... not chain them to a desk. They're, they're not allowed to leave. That's detail. That's just detail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Important. Important. Can I go now? No, heal someone else, for God's sake. Um, we haven't created utopia yet. Keep yeah. healing. Yeah, keep healing, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we, we, you know, like all of a sudden it's like we need a new staff member and it's like, oh, that person came in six months ago and, you know, I like their, their, their vibe, so... You know, I bring them in to meet Melissa because she hadn't met them, and then she'd be like, "Yep, she sounds great," and bang, it happened. <laughs> you know, it wasn't you know this this, and I, I think big companies, you know, you have to and everything, and there's a lot of system and structures in place. But um, you know, I think feel worked for us. You know, let, let things happen organically, especially especially in our modalities. And I've I've tried in the past. I've had a couple of people pop up, and you know, we've tried them and brought them on board a little bit and then it's organically dropped off yeah. and whether that was because they weren't the right person or I wasn't ready or whatever we, you know, we didn't really dive too deeply and it was Shane O um, that it was a really good fit and, and, and clicked and I think it's we've got very defined roles without it being too structured mm-hmm. like he's, he's coming in as a trainee and I'm mentoring him so there is that role in place there yep yep so Shano more than one way to skin a cat where does that come from who was the per- first person to say that what's, what's popping up and, in and where were they in, what your, in, your, of time in that beautiful mind of yours what's popping up I was hoping you weren't going to throw this to me but um, oh, I'm going to say 1850s <laughs> a, pretty, you said that pretty confidently alright I'm with and, you a good time. well it just it just came to me so I, yeah. I'll go channel with the it, gut channel it and I just feel like the 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 wife was the husband was skinning the cat and the tool that he was using you know wasn't getting the job done and the wife yelled out you know because he was frustrated and he was angry and she just wanted what was his name yeah i'm not good with names of 1850s (laughs) 
Neither does Ryan. <laughs> I'm fucking terrible at them. And what, what, where did you say where? Like what part of the world? Bolivia. It was Bolivia. Bolivia. <laughs> Boris from Bolivia. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, I guess the wife just yelled out. She was sick of him, um, sick of the anger, and just yelled out, "There's more than one way to skin a cat." And that was Boris. Boris, there's more than one way to skin the cat. But what would be an... I've never skinned a cat, but look, I can't imagine there'd be too many ways. You just rip the skin off it. If I can can jump in, I think Boris was trying to impress. Boris was a vegetarian, and he was out on a date, and uh, he's he's seen Helga in, um, (laughs) in 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 the village somewhere, and he's... You know, the, the eyes have locked across the room in the, in the local tavern and he's asked her out on a date, worked up the courage and she's going, yes, yes. And he's like, oh, what can I cook you for dinner? I want to impress you with my culinary skills. And she's going, you know what? I've, I've got a hankering for cat that uh, I've got an itch. I've just got a scratch. And he's going, oh, fuck. All right. Yep, no worries. So he's, he's going out and he's found this cat in an alleyway and he's taken it home and he's like what do I do with this thing and there's no Google back then obviously it's the 1850s and he's like I've got to figure this out and he's looked around what tools have I got and because he's a stonemason so he's only got a chisel and a hammer and so he's like fuck so he's wrung its neck and he's killed it and and Helga's turned up early because she's dead keen she's seen his big muscles as you said got a hankering for cat which is one of the best lines I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> and so she's rolled up and he's, he's knocked on the door and he's going oh fuck I'm just about to skin this cat she goes that's okay I'm ready to watch I'm going and so he's pulled out his hammer it's and his sexual chisel now he's, yeah well she's, she's, a, she's a very virile woman is Helga and so he's, she's, he started trying to chip into the skin with his hammer and chisel and she's looked at him she's going what the fuck Boris what are you doing he's like oh, I'm skinning the cat and I'm, I'm going to prepare this amazing meal and she's like no no don't there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat and that is not one of the ways right. so she's pulled out this blade out of her boot that she always carries on her because it's a dangerous village and she throws it at him and lands on the table. In between his legs. Yep. Yep. And he's like, oh. And then he he can't bring himself to do it, so she does it. And they live happily ever after. You know what I I reckon? I reckon that that, when she was watching him really struggle with the hammer and chisel and she started bringing it up, his ego got so hurt and he really channeled all of his talents and skills with that hammer and chisel and he got into some sort of flow monk state and then he actually got the skin off in one perfect piece with his hammer and chisel and it's like it came out of a trance and he was holding the skin and Helga was sitting there just, just so impressed and taken aback and then he's like, she's like, what just happened? And he's like, there's more than one way to skin a cat, my dear Helga. And then they made oh. wild love I, after I, eating literal, literal, literal chills. Literal <laughs> chills then. And then next time, she, next date, she turned up. He was wearing the cap on his Because <laughs> <laughs> he was bald. It was like a toupee, but it still had the head attached. So it was like this little <laughs> head on the top. <laughs> And it was a te- it was an alley cat, so it was missing patches of hair everywhere. Was- yeah, and then everyone in the village were having a real trouble, a uh, tough time integrating that because he was vegetarian. Like one day, <laughs> Boris was vegetarian, the next he's wearing a dead cat skin on his head. Like it's a big change from Boris. That's what women will do. <laughs> women will make us do crazy shit. Yeah, there's no doubt women about that. Women will change us. Women will change. Yeah, the things you do for love or lust. 
Oh, yeah, mate. Totally. Yeah, I've never done anything silly, but you two would have, I, I imagine. <laughs> no. Um. no. <laughs> so today's topic, I guess, is change. Change, yeah, change. And, and we, t- we talk about in here, and, and Shano's come into, bumped into this knowledge, that you know, the law of nature is that everything is impermanent. So everything's constantly in change. I think, Hashi, you mentioned it in a podcast once that uh, our entire body changes every seven years or something yep yeah, we're losing tens of thousands of, of cells and new ones are being created every day but yeah every seven years every single cell in the body will be different so it's like we're Replaced, we're, we're yeah. like literally a different human uh in seven years on a cellular level well but and there's that expression a man cannot stand in the same river twice which is one that you love i think yep and it's because it's he yeah, he stands in it, he steps out, he goes to stand back in it. The water has passed by, so it's different water, but his molecular structure has changed yeah. as well. Plus, plus he has had uh, different experiences. So it's like yes. whether he's come back a day later or 10 years later, he, he is a different person because we're literally, we're, we're changed by every experience that we've had. Um, you know, that's... Who was the teacher? Well, I, I, said, I said to a client this morning, the, the version of you that woke up this morning is different than the version of you that went to bed last night. Mm. So that's why we need to create this separation and people get stuck in this narrative of this happened to me eight years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. This is yeah. this is what happened to me. And it's not. It's what that version of you experienced. Yeah. The version of you today did not experience that. Yeah, and so- if you can get your head around that, mind fuck that puts you in a very uh, good position yeah oh it's just when we so identify with our body and our physical form that just to know like in seven years every single part of me right now will be dead <laughs> but i'll have all yes. these i'll be I'll, they'll be i'll be new cells and i'll look similar but every single cell in my body right now will be dead and it's like yeah. well that that is a bit of a a mind fuck but yet we we keep going on and we keep having you know we have we stay alive from our memories like it's that's why we said you like going to bed last night and waking up waking up's really funny it's really weird it's like we kind of have to remember who we are it's like we wake up and i'm like sometimes i wake up and i'm like fuck okay this is my bed what's on the walls okay books okay i'm ryan because like i had the weirdest dreams last night like i was back at primary school but i wasn't me and like my brother was there and we we're trying to put bets on the horses and there was a tab there like all this weird shit you know then when you wake up and you have to sort of realize okay, that was a dream, I'm Ryan, I'm here, okay, I better get up and go look after my son. Like, it's weird. I've got a kid. Oh, yeah, I've got these things to do. I've got these responsibilities. So what would change, Shano, for you in coming into MindFit? And change for me, I guess. I've gone from a single office to taking over the lease of this building now. We've grown and expanded the footprint of the business. Uh, And also, we've got the online membership up and running. So... The, the business is growing and Shane's on board. So there's all this change at the moment, and which is interesting because everyone's in lockdown with Corona in Victoria. So everyone's going, I can't do anything. And Shane and I are just sort of going, what? We're sort of going the opposite direction. But he's been coming. I think his first day that he turned up to meet me, uh, he stepped out of the car with thongs on in the middle of the winter. And scungy old shorts, and his hair was all over the shop, and he hadn't shaved in about nine months. Uh, looked like Tom Hanks that had just been dragged off that island. Wilson, Wilson. Uh, <laughs> speaking with Wilson, and he's rocked up with his fiance Alicia, and to have a to have a meeting 
with uh, with me and my partner Em. And I said to him after we left, I said, "So, what do you think?" She goes, "As soon as I saw him in thongs, I went, yep, he's the one. He's, he's, he's going to be a good fit.'" <laughs> so I've had to try and it's funny for me. I've had to try and. Uh, mentoring in, in terms of being a practitioner in psychotherapy but I'm also it's like having to train a new house cut it's like no don't shit in the corner over there can you clean up your mess here can you do this so we uh, lots of different values are bumping into each other you haven't actually been shitting in the corner have you Shane oh he hasn't found them yet <laughs> <laughs> if sticking them in the freezer so they don't stink yeah <laughs> He doesn't. He, he cleans most of the areas, but not the ones where the shit is. <laughs> so, what's it been like for you to come in here and and to, you know, because it's not about you anymore, and, and the business isn't about me. It's about putting on a professional face for the for the people, I suppose. So you've had to, you know, he started wearing shirts in the last couple of days. Um, yeah, it's been extremely uncomfortable. It's probably the quickest way to sum it up is I was and I guess as I spoke last podcast it was um I was at a place where I was just so I guess I was a comfort slob would be the perfect perfect way to describe it and been there done that yeah I was every day was the same and and being a personal trainer prior to that as well I was always pretty comfortable with what I was wearing so adjusting to not only the clothing situation but just being um nice and presentable and the language you i'm using is incredibly different um i know a lot of my emails early on i was nick had to sort of change them completely um so i'm slowly starting to adjust to that but um i'm also now seeing it when i get emails in return or emails from other businesses or whatever i'm doing i, I can see that their writing is like nick's um where my writing was completely um, probably like a 14-year-old in high school, basically. Hey, mate, how you going? What's happening? Um, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> the, the change... There was very little grammar and punctuation or anything like that. It was there, was lots, of, there was lots of commas. <laughs> oh, you found the comma. Com- commas are good. Yeah. <laughs> in places, commas didn't need to be, though. Oh, uh, you know. No. Yeah, I, I think commas just like to be everywhere, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so the change has been... Um, really uncomfortable and I got to a point probably three weeks ago where I started to fall back into my old habits and my mind and my body were sort of going you're getting too I guess uh, how do I explain this but you get to a point where you're changing everything and your body goes nah we don't actually want to do this like let's go back to being comfortable and it was doing that it was playing tricks on me and um but I was so aware in, 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 that when I, you say your body, like what kind of was it? Uh, actual physical sensations in the body, as in uh, fear, resistance, physical pain in the body. Like what? What was sort of what was the feedback? Yeah, uh, all of that. It was it. yeah, physical pain, um, really fatigued, and then the mindset was like, just don't go into work today. Um, and then you, I was starting to think those thoughts of. Um, you know, it was these limiting Nick, beliefs popped up, didn't they? All yeah, reasons they, they, they all, and they everyone I'd worked on just just straight at me, and I but I just as I've learned, I just sat back and I observed them, and I laughed at them, and I went, you know, I thought back to last year when I did Brick Lane for about 
six weeks and one day I woke up and I just quit. And I had that moment three weeks ago with, with here, but I knew what it, what was happening and I just laughed and I went, just get yourself out of bed and get there and then just see what happens. And, you know, three weeks later, I haven't really had that moment again. So you pushed through that mental block, that limitation and, and got out of your comfort zone. It's been interesting as well from my perspective because I've, I've just been observing him and, and not trying to push him too much, but it's... I've been monitoring how he faces these challenges, these internal challenges, and it's been really refreshing, I think, and, and a sign of his potential and capacity um, that he acknowledges them and comes and speaks to me about them and says that he's, he's coming to these conclusions before I have to tell him, which has been fun to step back and watch I'll be like oh this is what this is what I I'd, I'd love him to do this and then give him a day or two and then he'd go oh and then I thought this but then I did this and I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like when I go and tell him he laugh. he kind of has this like smile and laugh I'm like you already knew that didn't you and he, he's like yeah he goes I was waiting for you and I was just like far out it's like you're in my head <laughs> um, but but I, then I look back and I say he went through this himself yeah. and he sees it every day. So, you know, and it's it's that old saying and it's it's really refreshing because then when I see someone going through it themselves, I don't go and tell them. I wait for them to come into that understanding themselves. So whereas in the past, I would have tried to help someone and try and force them through that rather than let them come to that understanding and have that space open when they're ready. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's so important for when pe- you get the lesson yourself. It's like people, uh, I had this, it was like one of the first sessions I did with Melissa and I like, you know, I must have got all this advice, but it was like advice from myself. And I, I sort of, I looked at her and I'm like, like the, the, I'm like, you're not like my therapist, but you're like a bridge helping me access this deeper knowledge that's already inside me. So it's like I think a good, like that's why a good therapist will will just be the bridge. So someone you can give yourself this good advice uh, instead of being told. Because it's like when we get told something, we're like, oh yeah, okay, and we might take it on a little bit. But when we have a self-realization um, to ourselves, that's just so much more powerful, and we'll take that on board. I, I, I just say that's we're creating a climate of change in here, and then we're just facilitating that change. So that's how I, I basically sum it up. And I had a client the other day. It's funny. <laughs> Clients will go home and, and they'll they'll start seeing their own suffering and then they'll start seeing their, their suffering in their partners that they're creating within themselves and then they want them to change. And we, we talk to them quite often about how if you, if you do something and it feels great, if you go skydiving or you see a movie or go to a concert and you love it and you have a deep emotional experience of it, you want other people to do that so you go and say to people you have to go and do this you got to go and see Nick at Mindfood you got to go and see Ryan at the Centre for Healing you got to go and see this band you got to go and you got to try this and we try and impose and enforce our beliefs onto people because it's what we want and we get very demanding so I said to them I, I watched this um, documentary the other day called My Octopus Teacher on Netflix and it was beautiful and I said in the past, I would have tried telling everyone, you have to go and watch this. But I learned that that's, it's using blood force trauma. 
you have to do this. Mm-hmm. So I found a more, what I consider to be a more elegant way, which is to just try and influence those people and plant a seed. If, if it finds fertile ground, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. So I've just started talking and sharing what my experience was like. So I saw this documentary and uh, it made me laugh, it made me cry, it made me do everything in between. I was so absorbed. My, I, I literally said to Emma, my mouth is agape. I used the word agape. Agape? It was like, yes, it was I, we were meant to watch 15 minutes of it and yeah. we ended up watching the whole thing. We, we couldn't leave it. We I'm so sold. Ready. I'm going to watch it. What's it called? My Octopus Teacher. My Octopus Teacher. And on so many levels, as a father, as a, as a human, it's part of nature. It's just, uh, it was, it's what I consider to be a very, you know, the eight, eight Master Lessons of Nature is a very important book. Mm-hmm. And this documentary is a very important documentary. And... It was just really, well, it, it just, it, it changed me. And so when I talk about that experience, I don't tell clients to go and watch it now. I talk about my experience. And the funny thing is I got a text message last night from New Zealand. My octopus teacher, dot, 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 so good. Like, so I'd obviously gone and watched it. But it was that influencing instead of, you know, telling Shane what he should do or what I think he needs to do. It's just creating that space and he'll mm. either walk into it or he won't and there's so. no and there's no attachment or expectation which once again because then exactly. it's like with the, with the movie analogies like, you have to go see it you go have you go and see it when you're seeing it you're seeing it tuesday all right great yeah. and then like you you message on wednesday and morning and go how was it how was it and they're like it was okay i'm like it was okay why was it okay it was way better than okay it was fucking awesome because you were expecting like, them oh, to we, have the same we experience we, we went and saw something else or we didn't get there. It's like, what? But you said you were going to go and see it. I wanted to talk. We were so meant to talk about it today. <laughs> so Shane, Shane can't fail in here and, and none of my clients can fail at my program because there's no expectation. It's just everyone does it at their own pace and, and creates a different outcome for themselves. So it removes any ability for them to feel a lot of pressure or to feel overwhelmed or to feel... And under these expectations, or I must, or I have to, or I ought to. It's I know Shane. What's that experience been like for you? Oh, it's like it's fantastic because I I still know that there is, and we we talk about this with um, relationships, but all relationships, there's still the needs of the relationship, and so that relationship for me, if I want to be in a position where I can help people like you, I have to do it ABC to get there. I can't just sit here and watch things happen. So um, there is that flow aspect to it, but there's also the reality that things need to be done. Um, I can't it's also an experiential element to it as well. Like we're experiential learners. So we learn best by doing and, you know, with, with Shane, I'm trying to help him take this explore and experiment approach, you know, instead of having these rigid expectations that you should do this, it's try this and see what happens and it's cause and effect and we're going to learn best through that way, I think, and it's going to be a deeper learning uh, than just rote learning, you know, it's, this is the way I do it, this is how you have to do it. Shane's got a skill set of his own that he's going to bring to, to the company and to clients and I really want him to influence the business through being himself so I don't oh, of course because then you he, Nick. exactly yeah because then he will add to the business yeah if you just try and yeah. create a clone of yourself it won't be beneficial for Shane or the business because no, we have yeah. these innate 
uh, innate skills, like innate strengths, you know, and like me and Melissa, like we do the same kind of therapy, but it's very different because we just both have different natures, you know, so yeah. we should be playing towards those strengths. And I think what yeah. you're saying about the, the learnings, it's like, and also what you're saying, Shane, you know, with like having those feelings in your body the other week, it's like, we have to get uncomfortable, and this is getting out of your comfort zone again, but we have to get uncomfortable if we want to start to grow and learn these things because we can't, we can't learn anything new without first being confused. And, or not knowing mm. like every every place every every place of knowing comes from not knowing but we hate that feeling of not knowing you know and that's why we get people get fear coming up confusion don't want to do this just go back home just go back to bed all this kind of stuff which is just resistance of going back to the known but we're not going to be able to learn something uh deep without feeling those feelings first and acting in spite of them but i think shane's also come into an understanding with those three amigos Shane the I must get what I want I must be loved I must be perfect how knowing that they exist now how how often do you experience them popping up daily like daily. <laughs> like like when I when I feel like anxious or stressed or guilty or depressed one I know I can I just go where's that coming from and even if it's like 10 seconds that I go, oh, yeah, and then laugh and move on, um, it's there. But I also see it in everyone else as well. So um, because I'm learning it all now, it's, as we've spoken about before, I, I can see it all um, everywhere around me. Um, so, yeah, I, I see it. But I think the most that came up and is when you gave me a list of clients to call. Um mm-hmm. And I was, it's just Amy Ryan. I was like a, I was like a three-year-old basically. I couldn't, couldn't call his clients to just he have went, a chat he went with into him. freeze. There was no fight yeah. or flight. It was freeze. just pure freeze. Yeah. yeah. And I think I came in one day, uh, one week I called for, for my business. I called like five people. I was on the phone for like 10 hours that week all up, just answering phone calls, emails. But then I walk, come in here and I'm like, I've got to call these people. And I just couldn't do it. And I was just like... And I just walked into this to a session with him and I just went, what the fuck is wrong with me? I can't <laughs> do it. So, so we just like worked through that. But it was, you know, there was fears that I was, I had to be perfect because it was, it was mind fit. And right, I okay. That was yeah, my next question. Was, yeah, why was it different yeah. with that than with your, the ones you were calling? So, okay. so they're, they're, they're the barriers that I'm trying to break down now is, you know, Nick doesn't expect me to be perfect. He's, you know, we're not both always going to get what we want. Um, not every client of Nick's is going to like me. Um, so I've got to sort of get through that because having two people in the business, you know, some people aren't going to like me as much as they like Nick, but and that's okay. Versa. Yeah, yeah vice so that's versa. okay. So it's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's continually trying to break through that because that is really uncomfortable. Even as I sit here now, I'm like, Bit tense. So <laughs> it's, another, it's another example as well of how powerful the mind is, and and Shane was experiencing anxiety to a degree. I I experience anxiety as we've spoken about to a, a monumental degree, where it debilitated me to be able to leave my house. But you can hear how Shane's mind disabled his body to protect him. That anxiety wrapped his arms around him. It's all right, mate. No one's going to laugh at you. No one's going to go, "What the fuck? Why are you ringing me?" It's like yeah, and we just spoke with my last client and Shane came in for that session as well about how 
the unknown is probably one of the most powerful sources of stimulus it will trigger all sorts of different shit in our head and we'll jump to conclusions or worst case scenario we'll crystal ball or will our mind our imagination will explode with all these i have to fill in the unknown i can't stand not knowing so when i hand him a list of clients and say hey can you just ring these people and introduce yourself because he can't see them, they're on the other side of the phone, or, or he has no experience with them. It just triggers this. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it just it literally broke down. And the fear was Nick. Nick was going to lose clients. That was the fear. Yeah. I I didn't want to ups, I didn't want to upset Nick. Like in reality, but he'd always said, you know, I wouldn't give you things to do that I thought were going to do that anyway. So. But, yeah, but I, you're also I, not that powerful where you can make me lose clients. And that's, and I say that um, uh, with compassion because mm. we, we, we create, our egos create this thing where I am so powerful, I can, I can ruin someone's life. Like you said that to me one day, you've got access to my bank accounts and all this stuff. And he goes, I, I could end you. And I went, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you could, pal. <laughs> Oh, how funny. It, and it, it's funny because I live I live a very similar kind of way to Nick is I'm I'm exactly the same like I I see my like as much as we've had the conversation where I'm not I don't want to be a clone of Nick there's so many elements that are very similar like um, we don't he, look out our, our back door of the house yes um, we if we're very just open people like that we, we have a lot of trust I guess in others and um, yeah I mean to, to the point where he, like he paid for my petrol one day because I've obviously been coming down here and working and I said I knew you were going to do that and the reason I knew is because I would have done the same thing it was um, so there's a lot of similar traits there but I think there's some like great unique things about us both in this space as well. Oh, of course, that's why we connect, you know, because there's so many similarities. That's there's like a similar vibration there, but then with that similarity, there's also the differences. Yeah, you're creating your tribe, but you can't have a tribe of Ryan's or a tribe of Nick's or a tribe of Shane's. You could have a tribe of yeah. Nick, Ryan, and Shane, but we're all gonna have a commonality. There's gonna be a common ground. It's like everyone just wants to be the blacksmith in the village. It's like you can't just have <laughs> fifty blacksmiths and nothing else. <laughs> I love the expression. What's the insult? It was um, in in a village full of vidi, idiot, village idiots. You're the village idiot in a village full of village idiots. <laughs> what? It's a it's an insult to say if you want to insult someone. So it's a village full of vid- village idiots, and out of that idiot village, you're, you're the village idiot. Just off topic a bit. Speaking about leaving your doors open, yeah, we got robbed the other night because we leave our. Oh, uh, my. Yeah, we leave. We, we I leave <gasps> the. Uh, you manifested it. Did I? In the last podcast, you said, "What happens if someone breaks in and attacks my family?" You know, was... Oh yeah, I did too. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I am a manifester. I'm a full manifester. Me too. Um. So yeah, someone broke in, but like we were really grateful because what happened. So someone literally came in overnight because we leave the front door open, it's not locked and everything, and just took money um, out of my wallet and Mel's purse. Because I got up in the morning and I go down about 6am and get you know coffee from 7-Eleven and I open my wallet to pay. I'm like, 
fuck's all my money? And then I'm like, I had to get money out and then pay for it. And on the way back, I'm like, did we get robbed? And I'm like, no, nah, we didn't get robbed. Because like literally downstairs, garage door open, both motorbikes, keys in the ignition of the motorbikes. Well, this is how much trust I have. And they didn't, and they didn't take the bikes. And then I got back and I told Mel and she checked her purse and she's like, oh shit, all the money's gone from here as well. So they literally just came in even left the wallets and purse, which is fantastic. Got all my cards still, and um, there was there was th- three laptops right next to the wallets. They didn't take any of the laptops. It was just the money. So we were um, yeah a bit shocked, but like we we're pretty grateful in the end. I'm like man, I don't care about the money. Like if the laptop went, that's my whole life on that bloody thing. So uh, yeah, it was really interesting. But it was also you know feel a bit sad because it's people. It's just because people are desperate. Like you know things are tough in Melbourne at the minute, but you still you know still get the money from the government and that kind of shit as much as we want to shit on them. Over here, people are fucking eating insects and shit for dinner because like you know they they can't work because there's no tourists. So, mm. but that's that's a sign of how healthy you are, has because that stimulus doesn't trigger a reaction in you. It's a you're okay emotionally so you can shift into a place of compassion and when you get robbed you don't go into that deep distortion and deep disturbance and fuck this and the world's crap and it doesn't change or alter you or make you you know really protective of everything it's you just go into that compassion and go wow it's so sad that people are are having to steal you know yeah so yeah, we were sad that's a steal and, and, we were, and we were grateful they didn't, you know, that it could have yeah. been a lot worse. So, yeah, but yeah, like a bit of... Like it, it says a lot about you, though. I've come a long way from stubbing my toe last week on the stairs. You have, you've grown. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like you've done seven years in seven days. You've just yeah. changed so much. And I was down, because we have, like, it's a pretty open space, but there's like a security guard 24-7 in the main entrance to where all these villas are so that's why we feel a bit secure as well but yeah I was trying to explain to him what happened and it was so funny because the, the English we're pretty rem- we're pretty remote in this in this area and I've got my Google Translator out because I'm like yeah my, I'll show him my empty wallet like someone come in take money and he's like oh money yeah ATM down a kilometer down here I'm like no nah, no nah. <laughs> So I had yeah, Google Translator trying to show, but then he called the police, and the police were here, um, looking at the CCTV footage, and they're like, "You want to come to the station?" And I'm like, "Nah, don't worry about it." I'm just like, <laughs> "Well, I was just letting you know because I, I tell other people maybe in the in the other villas to lock up, you know." Mm. So yeah, have you, have you been locking your door since, or like, like two nights? Yeah. But I, even last night, I'm like, "Don't worry about it." And Mel's like, we'll "Lock it," and I'm like, "They're not going to hit the same house." twice in a week surely like we'd be like low but but yeah we have been which um yeah well let's just just do it you know so it was a it was a you know it was an interesting experience put it that way well when when emma comes over because i leave my door open at night and everything so polly can wander in and out and you know do what she needs to do but when em comes over she just unconsciously shuts every door and so I get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and I crashing into doors and po- I can hear Polly going, rah, 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 how do I get out? And I said, I said to him, what do you, can you just leave the door open? She goes, yeah, but what if someone comes in? And like, so in, in bringing another person into my space, I've got to start considering their needs. Yeah, and it's, and it's something that like, uh, I don't want to get into bloody gender politics stuff here, but like it's something us guys don't, 
understand because we haven't we haven't experienced it but it's like even during the day you know walking through a, an alley or something or walking through a park and it's like we, we don't there's there's no thought in my mind it's like oh i hope I don't bump into anyone here i could be uh, physically threatened and that kind of thing but for a woman it's this constant thing like it, it's a constant thing that you know i'm i could be under some sort of threat here are you saying men are better than women no, I'm saying it's just it's an interesting. You're saying men are stronger than women. Uh, You're so sexist. No, <laughs> don't don't be like that. I'm just saying <laughs> it's just it's an interesting you know realization to have. It's like we just don't have that experience, totally. you know, because for uh, me and, it's like we we walk down the street, you know, and it's there's no thought like oh, I, you know, there could be a guy jumps out or that kind of jazz. Yeah, and and that's that's unfortunate and sad but it's in my instance like ex-army you know lots of military training I, I can handle and protect myself but then M comes in she's a you know she's five foot four or something and and slide I'm six foot two and um you know she's had no training and she's been a single mum and and like I, I wouldn't mess with her just to, to <laughs> I, I would not poke that that nose <laughs> her, her spirit animal is a is a lion so she would she would go to town yeah <laughs> um, but it's it's true it's and i think we we really need to step out of ourselves and consider the collective what are the collective needs not just what are my needs anymore and i'm doing that with shane what are our collective needs there's two of us in the business yeah i've noticed it with tommy like having like such a defenseless you know young child and everything you automatically start to look at threats and you know things that you definitely wouldn't have looked at previously in the in the environment so you kind of interact with the environment differently Come on, he's Ryan Hassan's son. He should be able to get up and take names and numbers all day. Long. He's getting close. I reckon. What is he? He's two nearly. I reckon two and a half. He should be have right. You him, have you got him a wrestling name yet? <laughs> no, no. Oh, Tommy Brave uh, Hassan. Yeah, they, I'll be able to come up with something good with that. But no, he's good. He's, you should see him like lift. He's like a little muscle man. He's always trying to lift stuff up. You know, like packages <laughs> that we get and stuff. And he's yeah, he's hilarious. But no, you do you you do interact with the world differently um, when these dynamics change. Yeah, totally. What's it? What's Tommy's middle name? Brave. Brave Tommy Brave. Yeah, we're, we're, go, from? we're gonna. Oh, we just like that name. We we're gonna have that as his first name. Um, but then we were like, oh, and then I was like, yeah, Ben, he might be a bit of a sensitive kid, being my son, and I don't want to load that on him. You know, he has to be brave <laughs> and that kind of thing. So I'm like, let's just keep it as the middle name. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's mindful parenting one hundred and one right there. Yeah. So yeah, let's look. Like Shane, it's important those the, the three beliefs that you were bringing up and the other stuff that happened with the phone. Like it's it's such important stuff for us to go through and learn from, especially if you're you're on this path and like it's like a transition. You know, you've gone from these dark nights and then going through this work and now learning and still being a client but also learning and then also even starting to see clients and that kind of jazz. So it's a real transition point for you and you know being a, a therapist like having to lead to work through and leave those three beliefs behind that you have to be perfect you need to be loved and what's the other one nick uh must get what i want must get what i want so yeah so yeah that's like you, you gotta imagine you when we bring those three things as a therapist um it's it's just a nightmare yeah, nightmare. Because yeah. there's a need to be. If there's a need to be perfect, we'll always feel like we'll fall short. And the issue there is, like we can only we, we will do our best. 
and our best will vary from time to time. It's kind of like the four agreements, the other episode, Nick. But it's like we're, we're always going to do our best. If we could do better, we would. That's why even if you have a session and you're like, oh, I did feel like it didn't go that well, you couldn't do any better. So you kind of you can leave perfect behind. But holding on to that, you're always going to feel like you should have done more. Yeah, which means that's that a you... deficiency as well that we talk about. It's going to create that I am not enough. I'm deficient in some way. Exactly. Yeah. And, which, and then if you look Shane's, at and then if you look at Shane's, need... Shane's not deficient in any way. Like it, Shane's progressed so much far. But what Shane's doing is, and what I've done, and what you've done is, when we develop ourselves, we develop that has a ripple effect through all the hats that we wear. So Shane's becoming a better partner. He's becoming a better, um, you know lived experience mental health practitioner is become a better teammate at cricket when we can go and play cricket in. So as Shane is evolving within himself, that has a ripple effect through all those components. Yes. Then I think when, if we talk, so we talked about that, we, it was only probably a couple of months ago where someone was, that I knew was very suicidal and I went into that, oh, I need to fix, I need to fix because of those beliefs and obviously working in this field you can't walk away from a session like basically worrying about that or thinking about that because you, you, you can't put your happiness in that person's hand, your ha- happiness ha- in their hands I haven't said this to you yet but um, something I got taught very early on is you can't help someone if they're not there with you Yeah, and that's what it all boiled down to with me which was what freed me up to, uh, to be there present for my next client you know if you're seeing five clients a day and the fifth client you're still worrying about the first person you're still they're still playing on your mind then you're not actually present for that fifth client so as soon as someone leaves you've got to let them go let all their stuff go with them you've got to trust that they're going to implement whatever it is that you've discussed or, or yeah. not it's like try, it's kind of like trusting their journey you know, yeah, it's like, totally. and it's yeah. like whether, and they're not having attachment to that. And this is where, like, us lived experience practitioners, this is where that kind of the most difficult, I suppose, work is. It's because we're lived experience that we are able to connect so well with people because they've gone through a similar thing that we did. But then it's also that double edged sword where it's like that's the work of being able to let go of of carrying that stuff. So that this is kind of the difference as well between. Um, empathy and compassion I think I think if you, you get too empathetic you kind of jump down in the pit with someone I think it's the difference between empathy and sympathy yeah no I think it, I, I think empathy, em- empathy is empathy is I can feel what you feel but I'm not going to take you out of it I'm just going to sit there with you and, and it's okay that you're feeling whatever you're feeling where sympathy is you're going to go into very different okay well I'll use sympathy I'll use sympathy and compassion so sympathy is jumping down into the pit with someone and saying well you're a bit more comfortable because I'm in the pit with you but now we're both in the pit (laughs) whereas compassion is standing up above the pit and reaching your hand down and saying you can reach out and grab my hand if you want to and if not that's fine but I'm not coming down there but I still I still I still acknowledge I still empathize now that you're down there but as practitioners, we need to, to validate that our clients are down in the hole and yeah. we know that hole very well. But we're just going to pass them the tools and they're going to climb their own mm. way out. We're not going to get down and... Um, down yeah, we dirty. can't help someone if we're down in the gutter with them. And healers are, are renowned for not charging enough. Like it's, oh, I'll see if... Oh, just pay me $30. It's like, <laughs> fuck off, you're going to eat. Um, but it was a, and this may sound weird, Shane, but it was beautiful watching Shane go through this discomfort in terms of 
all of a sudden his eyes were open and he saw how much suffering he was creating with himself and he saw all of a sudden he saw all this suffering in the world it was like the 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 blindfold had taken off and he was blinded by this suffering and that the the natural healer in him started screaming she's like oh i can't deal with all this suffering and he's like i have to fix it all how are we going to do it nick how are we going to heal the world how are we going to create utopia i had to sit back and wait for him to come crashing back to earth yeah yeah thanks <laughs> thanks <laughs> no it was it, it was like it was, I was i'm glad i had the crash and the realization because it it led me to a point where i've had multiple phone calls or people reach out to me since and i've sort of given them the, some tools or some guidance or or just had a chat with them and just left it and if they come back to me they come back to me it's and i, I even said to alicia she sent me my fiance a message the other week. She'll love she'll love listening to this and getting a shout out. Um, but she sent me a message of something and I just said, there's a reason why I don't go on social media. It's because I actually don't want to think about that kind of stuff. Like I just leave that stuff now. It's whatever's in my life and is in my life for a reason. And if it's if it's about my friends and family, I'll find out through them. So um, it was a really good crash um, because I just realised that a lot of that stuff just doesn't matter. The right things will just pop up. But what happened was it was it wasn't you didn't crash as a person. Your illusion was shattered, mm. and our beliefs create our perception, and our perception creates our reality. So you had this irrational belief that the world should be perfect, um, and yeah, you, you came into that realization that it's not. That is so unrealistic that that illusion thankfully shattered now you can actually work in the reality of what is instead of the reality of what you would like to happen and social media is a tough one as well because so if you want to you want to help people like social media is not the place to go because you spoke about we need to validate someone's experience social media tends to be not always but like a lot of the time when people are struggling and want to vent what they're feeling all they're doing is you get a bunch of people together who validate each other's experience but none will actually want to do any work and get any help um they'll, they'll just want to sort of sit in their their pity party like i had we've got some group mel made uh it's like support for family uh of ice addicts or that kind of jazz and the group fucking goes off like i like it was as thousands of members like posts every day like Mel had to get someone to be an admin and stuff for it who's in the group and everything but I told Mel like I cut two years ago or something I'm like get just ban me from the group like I don't mm-hmm. want to see it anymore I can't deal because you'll have a thread of someone oh my daughter's you know going through this and been through this and like 50 comments of people and then I'll put a comment in in there saying have you thought about this or try this like every other comment's got like 20 likes and people are replying and everything. And there's just crickets when you put an actual solution in there. And I'm like, okay, that's it. Get me out of this group. I can't handle people just wanting to whinge to it. It's good they feel better because there's other people going through something similar. But 98% just don't want an actual solution. They just want to bitch and moan about it. But So what when the in Ryan's terms, every listener's from bitching and moaning. Uh, Shane, what, what, are the, what are these people doing? What are what are they, they doing? Yeah, when when they're just posting in the forums and and bitching and moaning, what are they doing? Well, they're 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 reaching, trying to they're trying to get help, but they yeah, I don't know where you want me to go with this. 
Yeah, I put him on the spot intentionally. So they're, they're in suffering. <laughs> they're, they're in suffering, and so they're just venting their suffering. So it feels better because they've gotten that toxicity out of their system, you mm. know. And by nature, we don't like having toxicity in our system. And, so and with and with and with this particular topic of drugs, these people oftentimes have no one else to speak to. Like they won't tell their their sister or, or their friends because they're quite shameful that their son or daughter is a drug addict. So oftentimes this is their number one uh, venting outlet. It's the outlet. But it's like it's like sucking venom out of a snake bite wound. You know, it's 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 making us feel better temporarily when we need to learn not to walk where snakes are or to wear gumboots or something. So what I'm teaching Shane hopefully is with my clients they'll come in and there's a certain level of venting that we all need to do and and need to validate what they're going through but there comes a point where that venting turns into ruminating and they get stuck in that narrative and if there's so many therapists out there that will just enable them to do that and they'll go and they'll agree with them and and some therapists become sympathetic and you go oh yeah what a bastard I can't believe that happened either or they'll validate that pity party enable them to stay there we we very respectfully and compassionately acknowledge what they're doing we validate yeah that's problematic but it's not the problem so let's park that to the side and the root cause of what's causing that suffering that you need to then vent is x y and z so let's deal with that so yeah we 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 don't really have a lot of time for the, the pity parties and all that sort of stuff that's that's what i said sit down well client that I'm working with and she comes in and yeah she'll tell me about what's going on and then I'm like all right let's park it because what you're doing now is you're ruminating and we can spend this hour with you ruminating but then you're just going to ruminate for the next 23 hours at home by yourself you want to come in here for a different experience don't you um and like I'm pretty honest about that because most people will acknowledge they sit at home and ruminate their problems so why would you want to come in and Pay yeah. someone to just ruminate more. That was a really beautiful line, actually. Yeah, you're, like, you're coming in here for a different experience. I think that's, yeah. that's really beautiful, really powerful. And the way we translate that into effective practice is I tell clients, we, uh, we care about you. We love you, in fact, enough that we're going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. What you want to hear is, yeah, she's a bitch or he's a bastard or that's mm. terrible. But what you need to hear is, well, actually, you're responsible for your happiness, not them. So let's figure out how to how to create that change and that shift. Because as Shane succinctly pointed out, they're, they're paying us to get an outcome. And that outcome is not just to stay in that narrative. No, it's to, it's to challenge the narrative. Yeah. Um, I had a... Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't think so. But I had a client the other week. And... Um, so they, what's what's happening to them is they've got all these hormone issues, right? And um, basically, we we're going back and working on our memory from their birth, and um, they had this forceps birth. And anyway, I, I said, look, I said, what is this young you? What what are they going through? They're like, oh well, I had a forceps birth, and my pituitary gland is fucked because of it. And they were like, it just was really like solid. Their total tonality changed. I'm like. Your pituitary gland's fucked. And I found out, cause, and then I said to him, I also said, oh, so you've had since then, you know, fMRI scans, you've had different tests done to prove that your pituitary gland is fucked or just not functioning properly. They're like, no, and kind of started laughing. And I'm like, well, what's really going on here? It's so 
what's happening is yes there's a hormone problem that's a symptom that's showing up then they went and saw and because you're searching for answers it's like anything we've got an issue we're like what's the answer what's the answer and we go searching they went and saw a um cranial therapist uh cranial sacral i think it's called anyway someone who works with the head you know a year before or something and as they were working with the head they just asked about birth and she said she had a forceps birth and then they just said oh that's probably why you have the issues because it can squash the pituitary gland so then she's got a story and went oh that's the answer to my problems and it Validation. has this, this whole story that that's why my pituitary is fucked and so now it's just this narrative it's fucked my pituitary gland's fucked I'm like do you think your pituitary gland is going to work as it should if every day you're telling yourself my pituitary gland is fucked and she's like no I'm like yeah exactly so it's like we were talking about the um, white coat syndrome Nick like a few episodes Mm. back and how effective uh, that can be with a placebo or in this case it's called a nocebo effect so a placebo effect is when you're getting benefit from something that it's like you get a medication that's a sugar pill and you get a benefit from it but the nocebo effect is you're getting a negative outcome based on and well, it's just your stories so it's like a, a, a person of authority has told me something that's validated my experience and now i'm getting negative outcomes and we spoke about you know people in villages years ago who would get a spell put on them by the the the, <laughs> the, the, the village uh soothsayer or druid or something and they would literally die they would die from a curse because they believed it so much and so once again it's like you can't come in and just validate and go oh yeah no that's yeah it must be fucked then if that's what happened and blah 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 it's like you need to challenge these narratives and that's well like you said that's what we're getting paid for we become what we tell ourselves if if you're running a script an internal subconscious script that i can't sleep at night and you want to sleep at night (laughs) the math's not adding up it's you've got to align what you believe with what it is that you'd actually like to be doing if there's any misalignment then it's just not going to work yeah and then then we and then we love being right about the story so then we go to bed that night and we're rolling around for like an hour and like see i knew i couldn't get to sleep tonight (laughs) it's like yes i proved myself right there's a part of you that was loves being right about shit that is not good for you i think that's one of the biggest change changes i've had this year is like i was i was running that narrative that i was the depressed kid for 10 years because that was what um, I thought was beneficial for me, obviously for my business and all that, but I got so stuck in that narrative that I am depression, I am anxiety, I am suicidal. And you just, I was just like, I, I want to write a book probably just for myself to start with, but it's stuck in my own depression because that's I, that's how I define myself. It was like, who are you? Depression. Yes. Yeah, so you identify with that label and you carry that label and that's that's who I am. And that's I think we spoke about this early on Hass, uh, and my curiosity with AA and with and with therapy groups, you know, depression group and anxiety group and anger group. It's uh, hi, I'm Nick and I'm alcoholic. If like you keep running that script but you don't want to be an alcoholic, I don't see how effective that's going to be yeah and this you see it a lot like with it's similar to what you went through shane like you become then an advocate for these things right and then you get positive feedback for the fact that you're so open about your depression so then all of a sudden that the identity of depression gets stronger because someone will say you shared your story so vulnerable i've been through something similar thank you so much so it's like oh, i am depressed shane okay depression is me it's because i'm getting positive feedback as well as my diagnosis so that identity gets stronger and stronger because then it's like oh that if that's 
I need the only way I'm going to be an advocate or be able to help people is to still be depressed, then you're not going to be able to let it go. That's that's one of the things that like I want to really change is the perception of me, and people can have their own perception. That's that's up to them, but. I've put out this perception that I am depression for so long and I know people see me as this really serious person, but people that know me, like I walked into the office this morning and I was singing and I'm not a very good singer, but that's me. Just- I can guarantee okay. <laughs> Confirmed. I can validate that. Yeah. What was he What was he singing? What was? What were you going uh, for? No, I, I, it was Bro- indescribable. It was Brian Adams. <laughs> Brian Adams wouldn't have even recognised Indescribable. Indescribable. <laughs> um, so, what, and, and I guess we spoke about this off air, but recently was accepted onto Adventure All Stars TV, um, which I'll be raising money for Mindful Oz. And yeah, I know you had Matt Runnels on the other week on the podcast. So, I'll be raising money for what he's doing. And one of the reasons I applied for it is I want people to see me. Um, and I want to just experience that again. Because I am that fun, funny, you know, Alicia would not, Alicia, as much as my, wouldn't want to say, she wouldn't want to say it, I can be quite humorous. And I remember when I was 16, 17 at Hungry Jacks, I used to be making burgers and when we weren't busy, I'd jump around and I'd sing and I'd dance and I lost that. I completely lost all that part of me and I, I'm slowly grabbing, I mean, gravitating towards just being me again and, um, you know, being really content with who I am each day, day in, day out. And, um, I mean, that's the definition of happiness. And I, I am that now and I really want to showcase that to people and also showcase that to people who might be going through depression and anxiety that you still can be that person. You don't need to be stuck in it. I'm so, it, I'm so, I'm so glad that Shane isn't following in my footsteps and I went through something similar. I was the class clan, I was, you know, happy-go-lucky and whatever. And then when I went through my metanoia process, I I came out and, and the, the change was that contrast in that friends from back then and who I still have now refer to the old Nick and the new Nick, like that's how definite it was. And I lost the same thing. I lost that vibrancy, I lost the bubble because I started getting addicted to getting better I got addicted to self-development self-improvement and evolving all that stuff so I actually went from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum and oh because I wasn't content I was constantly chasing I'm not enough I'm deficient I have to heal I gotta keep healing I gotta get better and better and better and better and that took away that capacity for me to be light-hearted and I, I sing equally as bad so that's another thing we have in common um what a lacking in, in, in what is it? what a lacking talent I make up for with enthusiasm. So it's, <laughs> it's, um, but now I'm fi- I found my way back, and and you know I I love that nature coming out of me again because mm. it's just the heaviness isn't there anymore. It's back to being more lighthearted and, and laughing. I think part of Shane's evolution is doing a mental rep is being aware and then laughing and how irrational it being. I, I, I wonder if that has helped you a bit, Shane, and learning to laugh at yourself again. Um, yes, it's, um, it's, I remember I did a meditation last week uh, and for, I reckon I spent 20 minutes basically laughing at myself in a very non-judgmental way because I could hear all the disturbances and hear it all like, come and I was just like laughing and I, I was laughing because I was like I was living in that and I was 
kept validating that. Whereas now I'm seeing it from a completely different perspective. And, um, you know, I, obviously I'm not a robot and I'm still human. And over the last three months I've, I've lost my cool or whatever. And the, the next day I go, Oh my God, I, I do laugh at myself. And I'm like, what, what happened? Like you just, you just did that. And I, I will, I'll laugh at myself. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean I'm never going to do those things again, but that's been so important and finding that balance between learning. So listening to podcasts, which help educationally and working, but then I also listen to um, a couple of other podcasts, which have got a lot of comedy in it and, but also have a little serious element to it. And then um, watching comedy movies that are so unrealistic um, and watching even TV shows, which I'm, I won't name on here because I won't embarrass myself too much, but watching a certain TV show and, and laughing at the irrational and immature behaviours we show as um, humans. It's yeah. The Bachelor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, had a, I had a day the other day on Monday, I think, and I had five clients or six clients. Three of them were back to back to back and one of them was a 90-minute session. So it was three and a half hours of constant active listening. Mm. And I'd had breakfast, but I didn't get lunch. Um, and there's been a lot going on. And, you know, so... By the end of the day, we'll, oh, that's right, we're launching the online membership the next day. So I finished with my client and then I'm like, all oh, right, what's this going to happen? And I saw Shane looking at me in the office and he's just looking at me going, who the fuck's this person? I've never seen this guy. It's like, and he's like, okay. And he went home and what'd you say to Alicia? The next human. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had another human moment. Uh, and it happens to all of us it it really does and that's what I love we're talking here you know on the whiteboard there we've got necessary and unnecessary suffering and to the first noble truth in Buddhism to to live is to suffer we are going to experience anger depression guilt anxiety but unnecessary suffering comes from when we get stuck in employing more cognitive distortions thinking it shouldn't happen or taking it personally or worst case scenario or whatever the case may be so yeah in mind fit we're just trying to help we're trying to give people a fighting chance essentially to to look after their own happiness and health by uh, learning to laugh at themselves and how irrational being and, and not get stuck just keep moving forward yeah, yeah. I think what you guys are talking about as well is like we go through your word, Nick, the metanoia, which is the full breaking down and rebuilding. And we think that we, we, we break down and we realize I can't keep living these stories and these different parts of me. But then we're like, I'm going to be a completely different person. So then we sort of disregard everything. So we look back at us um, as being, you know, fun loving, bit of a dickhead sometimes, you know, dick jokes with our mates and that kind of thing. Go, that has to go as well as all my old deficiency stories. And then that's like what happened with you, Nick. It's, it's get very serious. And now I'm studying and learning, Nick, and blah, blah, blah. But it's like we can then look I, back I and go. I thought it had to be really mature. I thought it had to be really mature. And I couldn't, I couldn't be, have any immaturity in me. But I realised that it's so what you it's important to have that childlike nature of course. remaining within it's you. It's like the you, the rascal or the Joker avatar. It's like we need that. It's part yeah, of it. Yeah, you need that sense of wonderment and that sense of ah oh, and that sense of 
you know, w- what we don't need is part of that child nature is the irrationality, is the I must get what I want, I must be loved, I must be perfect. Yeah. Uh, and and th- that's a very immature belief system. So we, we want to retain that sense of child, but without, as an adult, we, we don't want to have the irrational element to it. Exactly. So yeah, we can look back and Shane will go, well, that was bad singing Shane and fun Shane and everything. I, I like that Shane. Let's, he's, he's okay to bring, yeah? The yeah. deficiency stories, the need to be loved, the, the depression and that. I don't need to bring that forward, but I, that, this stuff's all okay still. Yeah. yeah. I, I love making people laugh. Shane loves making people laugh. I was dancing at home the other night in front of Emma and she's just looking at me pissing herself off. She said, I dance like an, what she referred to it? As an injured huntsman spider. <laughs> One that you've sprayed and the, the poison's <laughs> kicking in but it hasn't died yet. Only half its legs are moving and it's kind of gone around in a circle. It's not, it's not just a huntsman spider, it's an injured huntsman spider. That's such a good description. <laughs> and I loved it and I embraced it and I remember that I, I tried to, to really exacerbate that and we, we both had a wonderful night. But that, that light hardness and that lightness really made a wonderful night. Oh, it's gold. That's gold. And it dances <laughs> yeah, like, like an injured huntsman. I definitely know. Like, Alicia knows when I'm singing, she knows how content I am and how, I guess, comfortable I am with who I am. It's because it's I know that I'm not a great singer. I know I'm not perfect. And, um, but that's me just expressing myself. And I, I feel sorry for anyone that was driving along the freeway and saw me singing in my car this morning because I was just, I was dancing to a bit of R&B in my car this morning. And um, I'm surprised, that, I'm glad a policeman didn't see me because they would have pulled me over. <laughs> you can hear the freedom. You can hear, and, and what's, what's great about retaining that sense of child is the innocence and the freedom. There's no judgment. There's no self-criticism or putting down or labelling. Um, that, that freedom is there, and that freedom comes from not having those really irrational attachments. So our mind is free, and we can just dance like nobody's watching. Yeah, there's a there's a story about it. We don't care. We don't care. We're, we're we're comfortable in our own skin. There's a story about a shaman, and he would see the people would come to him from all over with you know stress mental issues and that kind of thing and he would just always ask him the same thing he'd ask when did you last sing when did you last dance when did you last play and i can't remember the fourth one but it was basically if if, if you've done all of those recently you're going to be in a very healthy place but you'd find that people who were struggling had not been doing those things they've had like oh well i haven't i haven't danced for years you know it's I like well, that's, a, that's, a, that. that's no. a problem <laughs> Uh, only weirdos dance. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, so well, that's, gonna, that, gonna... that's the um, that shaking and dancing meditation that I was doing for a while. That was really interesting as well because that was like, you know, just full dancing and, and you just watch how some movements you feel real, like even though I'm by myself in a locked room, I feel this embarrassment coming up and you do moving in some kind of way and there's like this, you know, this kind of feeling, oh, you know, a guy shouldn't be moving that way or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, what's that? That's interesting. I'm in a room by myself in the dark. Why am I, why is there a part of me judging? So imagine parallel universes. In one universe, there's a person that's, that's not a great dancer, dancing like an injured huntsman. And but they don't care, and that they're just dancing with that freedom, yeah. And then in the other universe, exactly the same person, 
but all of a sudden they have this anxiety and this nervousness about them. You're looking at the same person, essentially, but you, the way they treat themselves is going to give other people permission to treat them the same way. So if you treat yourself without this judgment, no one you can dance like an injured huntsman and no one else is going to care. They're, you're actually going to add value to that experience because it's going to give them permission to be flawed as well. It's going to give them permission to be imperfect. So yeah. they'll jump up and start dancing badly as well. And all of a sudden there's six, seven, eight people all doing these stupid dances. You'll see it at a wedding or something, you know, yeah, and, exactly, and you'll see the person giving it their all and you're like, fuck yeah. And you're go, yeah, and you support him. You're like, yes, yes, go hard. But if if you do it and someone says, oh, why are you dancing like that and tries putting you down and, and you take it personally, then it's going to create a very different energy, very different ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. So dance like and no one's watching. The, yeah, we do that with the juggling in MedEx class as well. It's like people come in thinking they should be able to juggle like professional jugglers, but it brings very quickly <laughs> to, to their awareness the fact that uh, you're not that good and you've got to deal with that. That's that confusion before learning again and that uncomfortable yeah. feeling of, oh, I'm not really good at this, I want to stop. <laughs> but when you bring it to the surface, then you can start dealing with it instead of just hiding away from it. Yeah, yeah, I love it, I love it. All right, should we wrap it up there, boys? Yeah, man, I'm hungry. Well, I'm pretty hungry too, actually. Shane, are you hungry? Yeah, right. yeah I'm hungry. What are you going for? All hungry. What are you going for down I there? I don't know. Actually, actually, on that, I actually wrote something today. Because uh, I've heard a lot of people say lately, I don't want to meditate because I'm stressed. I'm too stressed. And I thought, <laughs> and I, th- I thought, so if you're hungry, do you just not eat? Like, yeah. is, uh, that's what basically. Or if you're tired, you just don't sleep. Like, yeah. yeah. When you're stressed, you want to meditate. I just thought I'd throw that in there. I, I can't. So. I c- I'm not going to go to sleep tonight because I'm too tired. Yeah. <laughs> It's basically, it's basically what people it is. are saying. It is. But we'd like people to go a step further and meditate to not feel so stressed instead of using meditation to de-stress. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one step at a time. And it was Shano's birthday this week on Tuesday. So Happy birthday, Shano. How old, mate? 25? 32. 32, okay. 32. Emotionally, how old? Oh, some days, some days four, some days 48. I was about to say, yeah, I'm, I'm that in one day. <laughs> I'll, 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 something will happen and I'll, I'll start going off and then Melissa will just say to me, she'll go, how old are you right now? Which Ryan's this? And I'm like, about 13. She's like, yeah, I'm feeling that as well. <laughs> own it, own it. Man. Own it. Yeah, I'm 13. What of yeah. it? Whatever. Oi, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's All right. Life, man. I can do what I want. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Shano, thanks for coming back on again. Really important to chat in this time of transition for you and talk to people about change. And um, I'm super excited over here to see what's next for you, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me again. Nico, thanks pleasure for, as uh, always, mate. For, thank, yeah, you too, mate. Thanks for putting Shane uh, on his path. And um, yeah, it's, he wouldn't yeah. be here without firstly working with you. That's so beautiful path, mate. It's a beautiful path. Yes. I'm, just, I'm just enjoying watching. I was enjoying mm. watching last year. I'm enjoying watching this year. Didn't you go for jail for that as well? <laughs> well, for what? Watching? <laughs> I'll be watching you. Oh, um, oh. No, I didn't actually. I didn't. I just I was a drug trafficker. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> so much better. So much better. That, that sounded like a clip out of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Then I haven't watched that one. That's a silly show, isn't it? <gasps> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, 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 watch it. 
All right, okay. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. So right, my my octopus teacher and Brooklyn Nine Nine. And I've got and the eight master lessons of nature. That's a book. Yeah? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right, I've, got, I've got a few order book credits banked okay. up, so I'll, I'm awesome. on board. Oh, um, Emma's been listening to that the back pain book as well, and she Doctor Sarno. Uh, yeah, and she's yeah. getting a lot out of it. It's so. super super interesting stuff. Yeah, really. I, I intuitively kind of had a feel that would resonate for me um i ensured mm. that had been my experience and then having mm. read that that book so yeah, i encourage everyone with back pain read with an open mind okay dr sano he's passed away now but he worked with many many people with back pain and it was his opinion that he, he said all but i would say that maybe a fair percentage uh, of back pain was due to what he called tms which is tension myostatus syndrome which is basically pent up rage and anger so a lot of emotional stuff being held around the spine so it wasn't so much uh structural it was just around and that was well like but the thing with discs so you can go and get an mri and like so many people they'll say yeah you got bulging discs i've got two bulging discs but what they did someone uh started looking at uh, MRIs of people who'd been in for different issues so people with like maybe they'll get MRIs for gut issues or to check I don't know what else you check but anyway they took all their files and found out that a whole heap like over half of the people you could say had a bulging disc but they weren't coming in for back pain so they got in touch with those people and just said oh have you do you experience any back pain like no 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 so these people had bulging discs but never reported any back pain so the whole bulging disc thing is is Yes, I mean, it's, it can be an issue, but it's not, I think, the cause of a lot of back pain. It's not one size fits all, is it? Yeah. So, and, and, and Emma's tried everything, and she, she it really resonated because of, um, you know, her, I won't go into it, but but stuff in the past, she just went bang. Ah, oh, yep, I reckon that's what I'm, I've been holding on to and I've been penting up, so yeah. it's, yeah, it's really opened her eyes to some stuff. Yeah, so just tell, tell her to... Um, trip up some stairs every now and then, spill some coffee, mm. and let that suppressed rage come to the surface. <laughs> <laughs> she can let it out as a form of laughter while she's watching the injured huntsman dance. She can take it out on you. Yeah. Oh, no. No, she would clean me up in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. It was good, good chatting. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.